pull up a bar stool. So this is it. This is the final social media podcast being recorded in 2016. As we're about to get to, I don't know when this one's going to be published. Our man Dan, who uh, edits for me, new dad. So congrats, Dan. No pressure. Get it done when you can. Uh, I've got Andrew back on the show, and uh, we're going to talk about some Cyber Monday, Black Friday results, some other strategies, and we're also talking about, you know, being boring and why it's good to be boring. So sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Tested, man. <laughs> I was just testing while we were talking, and it's recording this. Okay, Dan's gonna end up putting this in. Hey, everybody, John here from JohnLumer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. This should be the final recording of 2016. I'm not sure when it's gonna be published. Uh, because our man, Dan Jost, congratulations, my man, Dan, you are now a father. It's kind of funny. Hey, yeah. that's awesome. Congratulations, Dan. Uh, it's always uh, good to know another dad. I mean, I'm a doodle dad myself, <laughs> not a human dad. But. It's funny because uh, the other day I recorded a, a podcast with um, with JR and I uploaded it so he could edit it. And I sent him a text like, hey, heads up, you know, it's ready. It's ready to be edited. He's like, my kid was just born. <laughs> he, he didn't say like he didn't say like annoyed or anything. He's like, ah, my kid was just born. Like kind of like he's excited, and you know. So like, my, I, I told Lisa about this. And I was trying to reconstruct like how this was happening, and, and the way I like to visualize it is like the kid just came out, and maybe he was just told like, is he like, hold on, honey, I got this text from John. I gotta let him know. I've that- got to I've got to edit this podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to say that maybe having a kid is a little bit more important than a podcast uh, editing. But uh, so he wasn't mad. He wasn't like, my kid. No, 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 no. So, but no, it's like, so how long are you going to use this excuse? Your kid was just born. It'd be like two years from now and your kid was just born. But oh no. yeah, I'm gonna definitely when when Gracie and I are lucky enough to have kids, I'm definitely gonna use those excuse all the time. So this so may be like, 2018 right now, and you're finally hearing this. I don't know, but no, no. Uh, congrats to to uh, Dan. He's been editing this thing for a long time, long time. Um, so as everyone can hear, we've got uh, Andrew on the show. This I kind of consider the my uh, celebrational type. Reflect, reflecting, reflectional? I don't know. So that's why I, pour, I don't know. I poured myself a, a Guinness, which I do every mm. once in a while for special occasions. Uh, what, nice. what are you working on over there, Andrew? I tell you, I had two Guinness last night. It was awesome. Uh, I've had a Lake Louie in Wisconsin brewing a warped speed Scotch ale, the brew that they're uh, known for out there at Lake Louie in Wisconsin. Lake Louie. Uh, and in Arena, Wisconsin, out towards, out towards Spring Green, uh, where Frank Lloyd Wright was from, where Taliesin is from. Oh, so cool. it is just a delicious beer, and I'm happy to be drinking it. So cheers to you, my friend. Cheers, dude. Cheers. Ah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's to talk about. Um, you know, we, we kind of discussed several topics before getting on, but I, I was I'm careful not to, like, ruin it. Like, I don't want to 
ruin any of the spontaneity of the discussion. Um, so where do you want to start? What is it that is really on your mind right now? Well, I tell you, there's a couple different things. One of them is business and tactical related. And I think that's a discussion around Black Friday and Cyber Monday and this time of year and kind of thinking about the, the you know, what happened. Uh, recap, we've done that. Uh, this is our third year in a row of doing a 20 uh, or a, a recap, excuse me, of, of that period of time. So I'd love to talk about Black Friday and Cyber Monday and kind of what you saw, what you were hearing within the Power Hitters Club uh, and uh, and then talk about kind of what we saw from my end. Sure. I mean, so first of all, from my end, I think this may have been the first time I completely ignored Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um, and really, the, this is it's all personal choice in what you do. Um, but for me, I've found this more and more that discounts cause problems for, for my business. It's like, it's great for that moment. Like you get, oh, we got a whole bunch of new business. But especially when your business is based on um, monthly recurring revenue, memberships and whatnot. Well, guess what? You know, that big discount I was given a year ago for annual membership, those are all coming up for renewal. And everybody who was just doing it for price, they're all canceling. So not everybody, but a lot of them. So I've just found in general that people who shop for price, especially for my type of product, um, are more difficult to please um, as opposed to someone who's, who doesn't, they don't care what the price is. It doesn't have to be a special deal in order to be motivated. Um, I know there's a limit to that. but So anyway, that, that's the first thing. The second thing, um, I'm still a little conscious of the fact that it's a very competitive time. So um, I haven't changed anything necessarily that I normally do, but I've been like, Oh no, our price is going to go way up. I got to tell you, the, the CPM prices I'm seeing, even though they did go up, um, in the past I was seeing them go up three, four times. Uh, at least that's what was reported. Um, I was seeing that they went up 30% or so. Um, and some of the discussion in the group was, was similar. PHC group was similar, but uh, I don't know. I mean, so overall, I'm not really seeing a huge, dif- huge difference, but part of that's because I'm not doing anything different. I mean, what, what, what kind of things did you see? Well, I mean, I think there's a bunch of different things there that you said that are interesting. Um, You know, I I think, first of all, during Black Friday, Cyber Monday, um, I would say one of the biggest takeaways was that Black Friday uh, is now the new Cyber Monday. Um, And and that's, you know, and some people uh, would disagree with me on that. But the people are actually excited, I think, and are looking for deals. Uh, And it was the biggest Black Friday uh, ever. Uh, on record and Cyber Monday on record, uh, especially in reference to mobile devices. And so people are looking for that. So I think that's the first thing. And in order to react to that, you have to have meaningful discounts site-wide. I think that's another big one. You've got to make sure that they stretch across the entire site. Um, and they're meaningful. It's not something small. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10% consumers off. are going to be looking for that. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be something really meaningful that, that's you know 50% off or a buy one, get one, or something that's, that's going to catch people's eye. Uh, because there's so much choice during that period of time, it makes it difficult. Uh, I think the the third thing is that it's a competitive time, and it's not a time to go to people that don't know you. And we've talked about this in years yeah. past. This is one of the challenges, uh, but it's a time to reward those people that you've been building over time, uh, and and to say thanks and uh, treat them special. Uh, and this is one of those where you we actually 
two weeks beforehand, uh, before uh, Black Friday started, we actually had shut down all our retargeting in every one of our e-commerce accounts and had only been advertising to people to let them know about the sale, uh, and that was it. Just driving in traffic, people letting them know, and spending money without retargeting. So that when it came around, they hadn't just seen an ad, <laughs> retargeting right. ad the day before. They hadn't seen yeah. one in a while. And so uh, that was an important thing. Um, and I think another, the, one of the final most important things that I saw on Black Friday, Cyber Monday was about impressions and uh, bidding in the opposite way that you think that you should. Uh, in this time, normally, you know, you're thinking, man, I should bid for conversions and we should do that OCPM, optimized CPM bid override and uh, kind of, you know, do that. And what we did actually to our low funnel retargeting traffic, email list, previous customers, is we bid for impressions to those people, sometimes even using alternative, object, alternative objectives like brand awareness. Uh, so that is a really powerful thing that helped and worked really, really well uh, in a number of our clients. And uh, we had uh, three of our clients that had, actually four of them, that had the biggest Black Friday to Cyber Monday uh, that they've ever had that also had beat their best months in those five days um, that they ever had from the Thursday to the, to the Monday. So super successful, um, but part of it was taking that risk and going opposite in terms of bidding in the way that you feel like you normally should. So that's kind of some of the big ones. Well, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, first of all, since we're moved, it seems to be that well, at least a lot of people, I think this seems to be the uh, the younger generation as well, moving more towards this time of the year, focusing on online purchases. So that whole Cyber Monday type of approach, no one wants to be in that stupid rush at a store and be there at two in the morning. Like, who does that? What the stupid? When you can get just the same kind of deal online. Like, I love shopping online. That's, I, that's the only way I shop. Um, but as a result, there's no reason really for it to be during this 24-hour period. Um, is this moving now to being more of like a multiple-week multiple, multiple week thing? Or is it still like, oh, it's all got to be about Monday or Friday or whatever? I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think people can differ on this. Uh, people are certainly looking for a deal through this period, right? I mean, I, j I haven't pulled the trigger on a lot of my Christmas presents yet. I pulled the trigger on some of them earlier, but I'm still looking. Um, so it's still a competitive time. I don't know, though, it, extending your deal for an entire month, may, you know, or an entire thing may not be necessary. Well, and I, I think my main point there, not, not necessarily extending it, but it's like offering different deals, you know, every, every few days or whatever, heading up to the holidays or heading up to Christmas. So it doesn't have I don't to think be just in that one day. Because right. I mean, the truth is, like, if everybody's looking for deals in that one day, you could kind of be overshadowed by everything else that's going on. Then it kind of quiets down. It might be a better time to do it in a, in a week after that. Yeah, I mean, I think people are are still looking for deals, uh, and I think if you if you were smart about messaging and had a sequential deal that happened over time, um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. People will certainly find that interesting and attractive. And you know, we have a client now that is actually releasing a special. They're releasing a brand new product uh, right now, um, and which I wouldn't necessarily have. <laughs> Uh, recommended, um, 
because it's so competitive right now, but they're doing it because their people have been asking for this. So it's sort of an interesting thing to talk about that is a subset different, you know, than what they were pushing during Black Friday when everything was was super slash 50% discounts. Um, so, and the other thing, I think you can get creative, you know, over, over time as well in terms of uh, bidding, in terms of the way that you're saying things to, to customers. Um, there's clients of ours that sold out of a lot of their products. And so what they're doing now is they're actually selling to their fans and previous customers discounted gift boxes, but you don't know what's in them. And they give you an idea of the sampling. And they've been selling these things like hotcakes. So hotcakes people are sell fast. like hotcakes, you know, I yeah. mean, that's fast. Everybody wants hotcakes. And so people are really interested. So I, th I think if you have a larger, meaningful reason to do that and people are uh, energized and excited, I, I don't think it can hurt uh, to kind of keep that going over time. I want to get some clarification on something you were talking about uh, just a minute ago about bidding for impressions. And you're saying doing the opposite of what you'd expect. Um, are you referring to optimizing for impressions in, instead of for the conversion or the click? Or are you talking about paying for the impression instead of paying for the click? What, what are you referring to there? So we did a mixture of both, and that's a great question. We, we actually did some optimizing for clicks. Um, and then, so the optim, you know, so the, so the, Objective was clicks, um, and then we bid for impressions. Uh, we also did that for conversions. Uh, so they made the uh, objective conversions and then bid for impressions. Uh, and then we, as well, did brand awareness objective, uh, bidding for impressions, which is normally what you would do with bid. And, and to be clear, again, to go, I, I'm sorry to belabor this. When you talk about bid no. for, you're talking about paying for the impression. That's, that's correct. That's correct. We're not paying for an action. We're right. basically, you know, it goes back to the, the podcast that we had last month where we talked about the fact that some, you know, a large percentage of users, 60 to 70% of users on Facebook are not within an action-based objective if you exclude post engagement. Somebody called me out on that, which I think is fine. So if you exclude post engagement, um, and you go toward an action-based objective, um, you know, you're missing a lot of people. Uh, you're missing out on people that are lurkers that may, may, may not be there. So if you have a, uh, if, if everybody's bidding within the algorithm for an action and you have a low phono audience, why not bid to just show it to them? Why not bid to just get in front of them? Because you know that they're going to be interested in it anyway if they already like you. Right. Look, I, So that's basically what we were looking at and paying for that impression. Yeah, I, um, I understand that. This is something that changed over the last year or so. When whenever Facebook made a big update to Power Editor, it used to be that you paid for the impression while optimizing for the conversion or for the click. Um, and then when they made that update a year ago or so, um, they made it so there were there were options. By default, though, you were paying for the click, so the CPC. You had the option, which most people probably didn't change, to pay for the impression. And I was kind of confused by that update when it happened because I, I'd always preferred to pay for the impression. Um, I think it also depends on I have lots of theories, so I don't know if this is how accurate this is. But my theory is paying for the click instead of the impression makes sense if you're going for going at a cold audience. So you don't want to pay for a whole bunch of wasted impressions that result in nothing. 
uh, at a cold right, audience. Right, right. Whereas if you've got a really warm, highly relevant audience of people who know who you are, my theory is you should outperform the co- the Facebook's expected cost per click. So if you just pay for the impression, you can get better results. I don't know if that's true. Um, the testing that I had done in the past, I haven't done in a while, compared to, uh, comparing the paying for the impression versus the click, still favored the impression. So that's what I do, again, when targeting a warm audience. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on board with you on that. Yeah, I think that's smart. I mean, the other thing that uh, that we did that uh, was a really good strategy was using carousel ads for uh, more relevant low funnel audiences. I mean, they know you, they want more choice. Yeah. Um, on the top end, your goal when you're driving people to the site, cold traffic, haven't heard of you, uh, you know, non-fan, non-website visitor in the last 180 days, that type of thing. Uh, your goal is to get them to the site. And carousel ads are great for exploration, but they are not as great for getting people to a website. Uh, and and that's, that's at least what I found. And so uh, what, I, what we do is we you know, use the classic link post ad, which is a fantastic vehicle for that, uh, to get people to the site to explore. Uh, and then we retarget them with the carousels. Uh, and that seems to be a really, really good equation that people are... Uh, you know, they're, they're interacting, they're looking, and they're saying, oh, wow, look at all this choice. I didn't see that pair, or I didn't see this uh, piece of uh, the offering. So uh, that was another, I think, part of the secret sauce that we had on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um, but I think I think the overall piece on Black Friday and Cyber Monday that you need, that is uh, useful to think about is it re- in order to have that be a very, very successful period of time, you have to consciously and strategically over time develop those audiences mm-hmm. uh, you have to you if you're gonna do it you have to start in August or October in September I mean you got to start really early basically not saying hey we're gonna have a Black Friday sale because everybody knows that but talking about if you're not if you say go in you know in the month of November and say hey I want to run a Black Friday sale like I really you know want to get people on the website it's not going to work. You have to be over time developing people, developing those audiences and doing it in a lot of different ways, using engagement, custom audiences, video view audiences, using page engagement, using, I mean, using a myriad of type of, of, of audiences. And I think the challenge that you have, I'm just going to go one, one second longer on this, but I think lookalike audiences are so great and interest audiences can be good, but are expensive. And so the question is with lookalike audiences, if you're trying to go to top funnel traffic, they're a super powerful piece of your audience. How can you develop and create more lookalike audiences? Because those are things that are only proprietary to you that nobody else is going to be using and they will ultimately be cheaper over time. So that is another piece of it that I think you have to start thinking about earlier on. And when you think it's too early, it's not. (laughs) I mean, I saw pricing increase straight up, I saw a pricing increase for our clients starting in September and October. I mean, September we saw it, October I saw pricing go up, and in November, you know, 30% was about right. And we had days where on Instagram there were $200 CPMs. I mean, it was was crazy. But the thing is, is that to get to that low funnel audience, that was totally worth it. We did that high, said we're there, and it worked. And so, you know, it's an uncomfortable number, but I think sometimes you kind of have to make sure that you're planning for that, be ready for it, 
and know that it's, it's going to cost, but it's going to be worth it. You know, talking about those CPMs, I, I have to say this, and this isn't to rub it into anybody who's seen those $200 CPMs or $100 or $50 or whatever. Um, someone was reporting on their CPMs in the group like a week or so ago, and then I decided, okay, I'm going to look to see what my overall CPMs are right now. Um, and I was going to, I shared it in the PHC webinar. Um, yeah, my, my CPMs went up. Like I, I told you offline, they went up like 30% or something like that from mm-hmm. like $2 and 30 cents to like $3. That's, that's, that's my going up CPM. And mm-hmm. so it's not cause it's magic, right? It's not nothing special. It's just that I'm not just going after cold audiences all day. This is something I've been working on for years building these warm audiences. So the, it, this is n- no little thing. Um, the fact that the CPM, it could, so it could cost two, two to $3 per 1,000 impressions as opposed to 10, 20, 50 times more than that. It's going to cost mm-hmm. 10, 20, 50 times more than that to get the click, to get the sale and whatever it is. And you're going to say the Facebook ads don't work. So it's really important. I, but I think people are starting to get it. Like, I got to tell you that my one-on-ones um, for the longest time, um, and, and, you know, we, we talked about this last year, first of all, just about how you, you, we got started ahead of time and all that kind of thing. And I think it seemed novel to some people to be doing this year round. But my one-on-ones, a lot of times, it was like I had to be con- convinced them to understand why it was so important to promote just content or to promote things that would just build these other audiences. Like, why? You know, wouldn't I be wasting all this money just by doing that and then trying to get the sale and then it's going to cost more. But I, what I found lately is like, it's starting to click for these people. Like the, all, yeah. like immediately like, Oh yeah, you know, that makes sense. Like I don't need to just sell because I want that to cost less, not only now, but in the future, every time I, I want to sell something. So I, sure. I think it, that, so kind of what you're saying is you're, you're seeing these CPMs go up sooner. Cause I think people are starting to get it there. They're not just jumping out in November trying to sell a bunch of stuff that they're actually, they see the value in building these audiences earlier on. Right. And, and playing the long game and yeah. playing the long game. I mean, one thing that, uh, that's interesting in the power hitters club, and I've been a member of a lot of other, a lot of other groups, uh, big ones, small ones. I mean, very like 15 person sort of mastermind type things on Facebook and Instagram advertising power hitters club, 500 plus members. And then, uh, and then, you know, other groups that have 4,000, 5,000 people in them that are these Facebook ad buying groups, really interesting. And, and, and one thing is, uh, is that there is clearly in the groups that have a lot of people in them, a misunderstanding of the expectation of the long game. Um, and that's something you've been preaching for a long time. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is within our community and power hitters club, johnloomer.com backslash PHC is all about, uh, just a little ad there, hashtag yeah. ad, uh, is, is it's, there's a civility. Uh, to it, which I, I I don't want to go on this too much, but there's this ability to it. And in the other groups, um, people are very competitive and actually not very kind to one another. And I think what's what's interesting is we've all gotten better because Facebook is forcing us to get better. And we're also uh, getting feedback from people that, you know, it's just going to it's going to take a while. But Facebook has so much scale. It can be so powerful. and So can Instagram. So it's only going to get better between now and next year as well. And I think that it's, it's a question of how do you use the entire year uh, and what is, the, what is the pattern and the schedule of that year uh, to look at it. And that's really where being a Facebook 
advertising consultant, uh, it can also be helpful to your business because if you want to blow it out on Black, Black Friday and you want to have a couple sales through the summer, uh, you can't be changing advertisers or can't be changing agencies for you know all the time, and, and you have to set that strategic expectation. So I think that's a that's a couple just little pieces I wanted to mention there in reference to this time of year as well. Good points. Good points. So where do we go from here, Andrew? Do we stay on the topic of some uh, strat strategy, talk about reach and frequency, or do we start venturing off into things that drive us crazy? Well, I mean, I think uh, I think it's worth talking about uh, uh, you know, reach and frequency. We we can chat about that for for a second if we would like to. To me, it's it's important that uh, I think Facebook's getting hit right now with fake news. Uh, a lot of discussion about fake news, um, and there's a, uh, you know, it, it's it's a weird time for Facebook. And if you think back to, uh, I think it'd be interesting to sort of recap a little bit on some of the big things that came out in, in 2016, and what some of those were in terms of of tactical things for us. But I think it's important to talk about the fake news stuff as well. Yeah. Um, well, a little bit just to get your take. Yeah, I mean. Um, and this is a topic JR and I talked about a little bit, but it was really more on the, the political side. But first of all, I, I, I'm learning to hate the term fake news because people apply that to, to bias news um, and things like that where, no, it's not really – well, bias matters too. Um, we're, really, we're really talking about made-up crap. Um, but – I think where you're going with the whole fake news um, story here is that I, I see this trickling down from, if not kind of percolating from, uh, marketing. Like, how long have we been seeing clickbait and misleading uh, titles and misleading articles and stuff that's completely made up? People trying to act like they've got some guaranteed uh, uh, system for something that's just snake oil. It, it's and you can sell it, and there's no nothing, nothing stopping you from doing it. Um, so I, I think it's all interconnected, and kind of like what you and I were talking about before we got on here is it. It is really exhausting. Um, so now, not only do we have the fake news, the biased news, the everything else that's political. But since we're in marketing, we get all this marketing garbage, too, that's the clickbait, the, the guarantees, the snake oil, the ridiculous headlines. And, uh, man, I can't take it anymore. I, it's just I can hardly even read my feed anymore. And uh, I, I, like, I only read when it comes to marketing stuff now. This is nothing against the people who are doing it right because my, my apologies to those if it makes it – sound like that but i really only read now the very vanilla stuff so the announcements that come straight from facebook about updates and things that have happened and now i'll hear from they oh that's bias that's propaganda too (laughs) whatever it's just (laughs) they've announced if they announced some new product or something that's a really good place to get it Uh, and their and their titles and headlines are never ridiculous and crazy um, and they just get to the facts. And then TechCrunch uh, for their Facebook news, I found to be really good, too. Uh, but then I feel like a lot of other stuff is just fluff. I'm not saying everything else is just fluff. But I, kind of like with politics these days, I try to keep it really vanilla in terms of what I'm reading. 
just to get facts and not just people writing things hoping that you click on it. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things um, to, to chat about there. One of them is the we as marketers have had uh, and fall into uh, a trap um, in terms of telling each other that and, and advising people that they need to create content and content and, and authentic content is a, is a big part of it and uh, real meaningful things that people are going to want to read. Uh, and what ends up happening because of the scarcity of time in people's day is they end up repeating and repurposing things from other places. So you actually only have, let's say, four, you know, I would say two to five uh, journalists and blogs or websites uh, or publications of record uh, in any particular industry. Specifically, let's talk about Facebook advertising. Uh, there are, as you said, you know, Facebook for Business blog, uh, TechCrunch, and Josh uh, Constein at TechCrunch, um, and your blog, and maybe a couple of others that are that are the main places that everything else is written about. Uh, and so they are the they are sort of the publications or the people of record, and then everybody else is basically copying it and giving kind of their own take on it. Uh, to be clear, so, all those blogs are boring. Right. Well, right, and they're not very, boring right, like, in the I mean, definition it, of what you right, know like, everyone else right. is doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I, I think you know uh, that's it should be a little bit boring, um, but yeah. I think that's sort of interesting. That, and so it, the, the issue is that we fall into is that you you don't want to miss anything because you. Have, I mean, I certainly feel I have professional FOMO. I want to make sure that I see it um, because it's my responsibility. And and you know, I know that this seems silly, but. Uh, People that are financial advisors uh, have many of them take a test to become a fiduciary for client dollars that they have to make what is the decision in the best interest of their client. And I, I see myself as a fiduciary of the dollars of my clients. Uh, and I think that that's how I view the news. I have to read it because I need to know it so that if something comes out that can be helpful to them, we, we should be able to deploy that. And so uh, it gets very tiring. Uh, to read it and over time and it becomes a lot and then you sort of couple this with the fake news stuff that comes out that is defined as news that is just false completely misleading and unreal uh, like non-factual uh, based on real information uh, and there's an industry that's built around that and I think it, you know, it becomes a very complicated landscape, and it be, you have you have to be vigilant, frankly, uh, on how you're going about it. Not only in industry news, but in your own professional news. So, so the question comes: you know, what do you do, right? I mean, everybody's frustrated or very happy, depending on you know election stuff or whatever. Uh, so, what do you do? What do you do about it, and how do you combat this? If you're a person that I'm just basing this notion on the fact that the people listening to this are people that operate in facts and are and want to uh, have real information. So, what do you do on this? So, so my hopefully my we're, we're attracting the right group here, Andrew. Yeah. So, so first of all, I would say one of the things that I, that I've done and that people don't pay enough attention to is since so many of us get our news from social media. I know I do. Uh, I get a big chunk of my news from social media. Uh, you have to curate 
You have to. They give us the ability to curate our newsfeed. Uh, they give us the ability to curate uh, who we follow on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, curate that. Get rid of it. Uh, use the arrow in certain things and say, I want to see less of this. Unfollow the places you don't want to hear from. Um, and recalibrate it. That, that's the control that they give you. And that's, if that's important to you and you spend time on social media, that should happen. Um, the other thing that I would say is simplify the amount that you read. Uh, because hmm. uh, if you are reading a lot, chances are you're reading the same thing and you may read a different opinion on it. But that when you read multiple opinions on certain things, sometimes in an academic sense, you have to if you're trying to create something separately uh, in terms of opinion. But I, I think what happens a lot of times is when you're reading a lot of other pieces, let's just take Facebook ad stuff, for example, right? So you're reading something from TechCrunch, you read John's blog, you read Social Media Examiner, you read uh, stuff from Jay Bear, Convince and Convert, you, read, you know, whatever. What it does is I think ultimately over time it devalues the, your own self-worth that you have an opinion on it, right. <laughs> especially if you're a practitioner. And so you are somebody that you can have your own opinion and maybe that just means that you read less and it gives you time and headspace to think about that. So those are some of my thoughts kind of going into the into the into that world uh, of how you can tactically actually start to take control of it. Yeah, I, I think I see where you're going. I guess on one hand, I I think people will be quick to say, "Oh, you don't want to read opinions of other people and challenge yourself and this and that." But I, I think I understand where you're going because the blogs that you mentioned, mine included, being very again very boring, just factual stuff. I don't even I don't say you must do it this way that way. My goal, and I think the goal like of the Facebook blog, of blogs of TechCrunch, is to really just prevent, pre prevent, present pretty factual, boring information about what you can do, and then you can do whatever you want with it. Um, but because I, I think the danger right now, you know, opinions, fine, fine, fine. Ha create your own opinions. But the danger of what's happening these days, I think so many people are so easily influenced by someone's opinion, mistaking it for fact. And I, I'm even really careful about this, about like prefacing anything when someone asks me about how I do something. I'm like, uh, this is the way I do it, but it's not necessarily the right way. And like, so do things, experiment a whole lot, fail a lot. And I'm not gonna say this is a proven, proven strategy and all this stuff is always gonna work for you. So I, I think, I'm always conscious of that, and that's why I think it's so important to just read this boring stuff, just the factual information, and then form your own strategies and opinions and all that stuff from that. Now, um, sorry, it has kind of all over the place, but I think another point that has to be made, that I think marketers are kind of fighting with fire right now. Those who aren't just writing based on the facts and worry about the headline that's going to get the most clicks and the, the content that's going to be the most uh, controversial, that's going to get the most eyeballs and all that stuff. Um, look, if, if you get traffic uh, or if you get paid because of traffic only, um, then I guess I understand what you're doing. However, you're not building a long-term relationship. Um, there are a lot of people who are sick of this crap of these crazy headlines and everything else. Um, but I think the other danger you have here is that what we're seeing is a lot of people are tired of this. So the fake news, 
but this applies to everything, not just politics. And Facebook is starting to crack down. Google is starting to crack down. So don't think that it, even if it starts with politics, it's going to stop there. If, if your headline and, and Facebook's been talking about clickbait forever, and it doesn't seem like they've completely gotten rid of it yet. But this applies to you, too. So if that's your strategy is to get people to click with some crazy headline and, and have content that's built around half truths and and crazy opinions that you can't really back up trying to convince people of something, then uh, your lifespan is probably going to be very limited going forward because I, I feel like this is a fake news bubble. And again, I'm lumping it all together. It's not when I say fake news. It's sure clickbait, all that stuff is a bubble that is about to burst. And if you've been surviving on that stuff, uh, whether it's politics or marketing or anywhere else, um, I, I think it's, you're about to have a rude awakening. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think what I think what you said is it, there's two things about that. One is uh, we have talked on this podcast before about building your foundation and building the foundation of your marketing strategy and your business. Um, and if you build that foundation on sticks that can go up in flames, that's a bad idea <laughs> because your strategy will falter over time. It, it, it's un, it's unsustainable, and I think that another thing is um, the people that follow John Loomer. Those of you listening to this are separate from the people that, let's say, follow some of the other make a lot of money in X amount of time people. Uh, they have bought into and subscribed to the type of Facebook advertising, the type of marketing uh, that we all feel. Is necessary playing the long game understanding and setting expectations that's what we talk about a lot on this podcast and making sure that you you take a longer view instead of today I'm trying to hack this and I'm trying to break this and trying to do this in a different way that Facebook doesn't know yet and I've got, I found a trick <laughs> and so uh, you have to make a decision in your business of what uh, tribe or army or group you want to be a part of do you want to be the part that has something built on a fake foundation um, that is built on disingenuous uh, information that helps people spread uh, news that isn't real or helps people market something that you know isn't genuinely helpful? Uh, or do you want to be part of the tribe that maybe makes less money uh, in shorter bursts? Uh, but your conscience is clean because you know that you're actually helping somebody grow over time. Um, that's that. That's really the the, the question. Uh, and I think online marketing is just it's it's full of the people that are like, yeah, I want to make more money. I want to keep it going. You know, I want to I want to do this faster than I've ever done it. And uh, and in reality, um, it it's not. It doesn't work that way, yeah. <laughs> especially in Facebook. So I think that's a that's, a, that's some decisions that people need to make, uh, and hopefully this, this can be kind of a, a rallying call for some of those people out there. Yeah, join us in the boring tribe, right? That's the boring people, uh, facts-based, you know, boring, put-you-to-sleep headlines, uh, you know. But, but you then create your own opinions and your, and your own strategies and your own whatever. Um, I think kind of bottom line is – 
you know, right now in this environment, healthy dose of skepticism, not an unhealthy dose where you don't believe anything, <laughs> healthy dose of skepticism uh, about anything and like what the motivation is behind the people writing this and that and um, what is actually factual, what can be backed up. Um, it, it, look, this is absolutely talking about marketers here too. I'm not even getting political in this case. Um, it's really important. So that's my plea to everybody as we wrap up 2016, head into 2017. Uh, make it boring, man. Make it boring. <laughs> I, I I think it's uh, I think make it boring is a, is a is a big one, and I think be strategic. Uh, and I and I I often ask people that uh, I'm I'm chatting with that say they do Facebook ads. I kind of get, you know, it's not my first question, it's not my intro, but once I get down oh, the man. once I get down the hole I ask uh so when you're getting ready for a build, you're going to get ready to build things out in e-commerce, um are you building it in the power editor or are you planning the build and then are you building it? Kind of what does that look like? What's your process? And uh, I can always separate the, some people in, in, into my tribe or others if they're if they're like oh i just kind of start building the power editor most of the time <laughs> which is fine i mean some people operate like that but if you don't plan what are you doing you're sitting in the power editor planning it there it's not the right place to, to do it plan it on paper get out a white sheet of paper <laughs> pull it down <laughs> open up a word doc <laughs> yeah. and plan it there because uh it's a it's sort of a strategic thing of making it simpler and kind of goes back to that so that's some interesting thoughts for 2016. Interesting thoughts. Interesting thoughts, Andrew. Thanks so much, man. Thanks thanks for a good year. Thanks for – I think you're – did we – how long have we been doing this once-a-month thing on the podcast with you? Has it been all year? It has been all year. It has been actually over uh, uh, a year, I think, I, maybe about a year and a half. And, uh, and I, hopefully those of you uh, that are listening to this are interested – um, I do have a couple other secret strategies. Oh, uh, super that secret! I, that's guaranteed that, uh, to make you millions. If you've, if you've gotten to the end of this, if you've gotten to the end of this, uh, shoot me an email, uh, Andrew at FoxwellDigital.com. Tell me you listen to it. Love to know your thoughts, and uh, I have some interesting uh, things you might want to know um, that are not snake oil tactics. That are some tiny little things that uh, I think you guys would find kind of cool. Uh, so shoot me a note. Tell me where you're from. I love chatting with people and, and learning. Uh, I actually, when I do these, I get most of the emails from outside of the U.S. <laughs> most of the time it's from a Scandinavian country. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, so kind of my people uh, right. or, or Australia. So shoot me a note. Love to hear from you. Uh, and I appreciate you listening to this all year long. And hopefully you will continue to do so. So email Andrew about his secret sauce and hot cakes. Right. And hot cakes. Hot cakes. So I have called over the bartender. I will take the tab. I'll pay for you and Rosita. She's already passed out on the floor over here. My dog friend. She's, she's been in, in, in my office lately while they do work upstairs. But uh, uh, appreciate you, my man. Anybody who enjoys Andrew's style or my style or whatever, JR style, you can also set up a one-on-one, -on -one, which is probably a really good time to do this as we wrap up the year and start planning for 2017. Go to johnlimmer.com slash consult. 
uh, to, to set that up. Otherwise, that's all I got, man. You got anything else as we close this out? That's it. I'm heading out to get my Christmas tree. Excited. Until next year, do awesome things. Rock.